This podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Nexus Recruitment Group, official Bristol City Football Club short sponsors. There is a company or brand within the group that can assist all recruitment needs across any industry to suit any budget. Head over to nexus-resources.k.uk for more information. Welcome to Three Sore Heads in a Podcast. My name is Patch, and today we are going to be talking about the Fulham game. A bright start from City, and in particular, Antoine Semenyo saw them 2-1 up at the 30-minute mark, but Fulham got into their stride and Mitrovic switched into beast mode as Fulham turned rampant and ran out 6-2 winners at Craven Cottage. The three words from Lee were, where's my midfield? Uh, Matt is with me. Matt, your key takeaways from your day trip to London? Um, I love Fulham away. Um, it's a great day out. That's it. <laughs> From a football point of view, yeah, not not much to say. Um, they're just the, the golfing quality between us and Fulham uh, is massive. Um, and yeah, Mitrovic, Wilson in particular. Um, so it it was disappointing. And six goals conceded. You know, you've you've got to look at it again, haven't you? Dean Holden lost his job after, I know it wasn't after the Watford six, which was the last time we conceded six, um, but it was the very next game. You know, next game is Cardiff, massive game. Be interesting to see. Yeah, I think uh, shipping six to Cardiff might be a slightly different story. But yeah, yeah I, very much. I, I sort of split the game into thirds, really. And uh, the first third, I thought City one on points the second third Fulham smashing out a few knockdown punches and in the third third it was purely a sparring match where Fulham could have landed a knockout punch at any moment we've got a, a guest with us today Matt and that is Sutz Sutz your thoughts on that uh, boxing analogy there yeah morning gents um, morning, yeah my head feels a little bit like I was in that boxing analogy <laughs> to be fair but, um, um, but yeah Matt says um it was, it was you could use an analogy you met against boys I think um, we just were well like after a bright start Semenye um, his goals um, conceding that second almost immediately after we'd gone to uh, was was massive um, if we'd have been able to ride that out a little bit more and settle down then, then you, well I'm not going to say it would have changed the outcome um, but I certainly think that, that things may have been a, a, a tad different but um, yeah, um, they, they Mitrovic in particular, yes, they was phenomenal. Um, um, and yeah, and uh, we we did. Uh, I think Matt will agree here. We one particular youngster of a lesson in uh, not abusing world class players. We did, yeah, yeah. We should we name check him? That's, I think we ought to really. I, I think it's only right that you do. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Joel Sutton, who is funny enough a relation of uh, of our guest today. Um, yeah, at one point was um, was giving Mitrovic some stick before he'd actually done anything in terms of scoring, saying how he wasn't very good. Um, and yeah, yeah, I think um, Mitrovic ran those words down Joel's throat. But, um, Is this yeah, the same yeah, Joel Sutton who's uh, been photographed on a train on the, one that, on the way home? <laughs> it very, um, yeah, it yeah, very much is. So, um, <laughs> I, I think he's um, Joel Sutton may become a little bit um, infamous now. Um, yeah. Um, sleep, sleep, sleeper away days. Have him on Instagram as well. Funny enough. Yeah, yeah. It was like um, it was like a game of uh, train buckaroo. I think <laughs> it was. But honestly, I mean, there was one point where um, Colin put this straw in his mouth, and you're thinking, you just just know where you're going to get a straw in someone's mouth. <laughs> 
And literally, not only did it go in, he was almost uh, just resting on his lip. And as he's breathing, it's just moving up and down. Yeah. Fantastic. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, into the starting lineup then, Matt. It was O'Leary, Viner, Callas, Pring, Jada Silva, Masengo, Scott King, Calamo, Dada. That's right to left. Um, and Vyman and Semenyo up top. Obviously, Couple of couple of big calls in there for me were Viner over Atkinson and Jada Silva on the right. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, you've you've called it. They were the big calls. Um, I I like Zach Viner, um, and I've said on this 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 podcast, I just don't think that Zach is at the level needed for, for the championship, um, or not consistently. I don't think he's aggressive enough. I don't think he. Um, He's, he's wary enough of what goes on. The Jada Silva one was was interesting. Jay left field when he came on. I mean, we were we were absolutely amazed at the cup game. Um, he came on and played as a right wing back. To then start him yesterday was again a bit of a shock. And, and he didn't necessarily do anything too wrong yesterday, Jay. But it just didn't feel like it was our strongest option. Atkinson, and I know it was only for a period of time at the end of that game... But he did well against Mitrovic last week. Um, and it was a surprise for me that Atkinson didn't come in. If he wanted to play Viner, I would probably push Viner out to the right and played him right wing back if that was the case. Um, or as much as I don't like Alex Scott playing there, he's played there and done okay. You could have put Viner in midfield. I thought the midfield, not having Matty James in there as well. The legs, you know, I, I like Andy King. He just hasn't got the legs. And when you're playing against the very best, and, and Tom Kenny in this division is one of the very best, you're going to get exposed. And, and as Lee's three words, the midfield was was non-existent for us yesterday, really. Yeah. So do you tend to agree with, with that in terms of team selection? Oh, very much so. I mean, I was, I was just right behind Matt at the game and literally going, is the silver again, right, just total shot, really. Yeah. Um, and... Um, it was interesting because the, the, there's comments um, afterwards on Twitter uh, from Pearson about Viner saying how he's been our best. Uh, our outstanding, I think he said. Our, our outstanding defender, defender in, in recent weeks. And, and I think possibly Pearson's the only one that can see that um, because he certainly wasn't yesterday. Um, and, and I think, yeah, I agree. Viner, for me, should have been playing out on the right if we were going to go that way. Um, and and Atkinson uh, in the middle, midfield. I mean, Mustango, we can normally rely on to, to get himself about and, and put in a shift. I mean, he was literally chasing shadows yeah. um, most of the game. And, and, and he obviously got hooked, as we know, later on. Um, too many players yesterday that were picked for the for the positions that just were not, not at the races at all. Yeah. Okay, let's go through the minutes then and let's revel in the first 30. <laughs> okay, uh, into the second minute. Calamo Dida feeds some menu in an advanced position who gets a left-footed shot away and it's on target. So there are early signs that Semenyo was up for it today. Uh, in the sixth minute, a well-timed tackle from Ka from Cam Pring cuts out the Fulham player on the edge of the box. I'm not sure who it was, but it was right on the edge of the 18-yard box um, you know, on the byline. Um, and that was a really important tackle, Matt, to get that one in well-timed to win the ball um, and cut out an early chance. Yeah, it was. And, and that's it's, it's funny because for a later goal, Cam stood off a little bit. And, but but that is what Cam's about, really, is put his, 
body through the ball and you know through the man and, and taking everything. He's an aggressive player, um, so it was good. And and you know we'll, we'll talk about the, the the game and the fact we concede six, and it probably should have been at least eight. You know from that point of view. Um, but you also have to say they're a quality, quality side. They are, you know, right up there in this division. And that those early exchanges, we we were toe to toe, and as you say, we were, we were on the front foot and we were being aggressive. And that's what I like about Camp Ring. Um, he's brought that into the side. So yeah, it was it was a really good challenge. Yeah. Okay. In the seventh minute, O'Leary plays out well from the back to Scott, who makes up some yards, finds some menu, who turns inside and back outside and then shoots left-footed into the top corner, Sutz. And uh, it was an absolutely fantastic finish. And we've said on the podcast over the last two, three years about Semenyo and the fact that he just needs to add that little bit extra to his game in terms of shooting. And yesterday was was almost like it had all clicked into place for him, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, unbelievable. Um, I mean, like you say, starting off, though, because we, we had a chat beforehand about... Um, about distribution and why O'Leary was in over Bentley and said, well, both of them are not particularly good at passing out from the back, but it was a great, great knock from O'Leary um, to find Scott and they played quickly. Um, and yeah, I mean, he just looked full of confidence to many of that and he's hit it so well. I don't think any of us was expecting him to hit it in there and it go in. Um, but yeah, brilliant start for us. And um, yes, many deserved that. He's been working hard lately and, and served his chance. And, and he had a load of his family up yesterday in, yeah. in, in the way end as well. Um, so um, certainly uh, he, he rewarded them for it. And uh, he, he was the he was the standout player for us yesterday. Yeah, Matt. It's, it's, it's funny saying about his family. Right, right at the end, um, Nigel Pearson, um, he, he was actually probably the most... Um, I don't know what the, the word is. Um, it's not animated, but he, he came up right over towards the crowd. Um, wow. And for quite a sustained period of time, clap in, put his arm in the players and he put his arm around Antoine and Antoine must have pointed his family out and then Pearson gave him a wave. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the goal, as you say, Axel Lear's distribution. Scott took it, progressed with it, but played a really, really good ball through the Semenya as well. And the finish... People will look at the goalie and say it was near post, and you know you always say the near post goal, don't you? Oh, the goalie should have got there, but it was hit with such ferocity that unless it hits the keeper, there's no way he's saving it. Um, and when you see a player score like that, and then I think the second goal was even better. You know, I've said I think he absolutely can play down the middle, and I think yesterday demonstrated he's got those attributes. He now needs to get consistency and start a season where he's getting. 12, 15 goals, and then who knows where it develops. But you kind of look at that and think, do I want him scoring goals like that against Fulham in January? <laughs> um, <laughs> when we know we need money, because yeah. let's be fair about it, he's probably worth a gamble, 4 million, 5 million for one of the teams in the Prem. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I completely agree with what you say. What I liked about the goal in particular, um, and such touched on it there, Matt, was how quickly it got from O'Leary up to Semenyo, yeah. But not not just a, a a Wimbledon long ball. It was no. it was fast play, paced, fast paced football. Played through the thirds, wasn't it? I mean, that's the one thing you do get with Max O'Leary, and I love Dan Bentley. I think he's right up there in terms of the the goalkeepers that Bristol City have had. But he's not very quick at his distribution, and and quite often when he has been with his throws, they've been a little bit of miss. Whereas that's not Max. Max is very very good with it. Um, and then you know Alex Scott 
Um, who didn't have the greatest game yesterday, but that one moment was a, a perfect ball into Semenya. But he still had a lot to do. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And fantastic finish. Um, into the 14th minute, there's a powerful tackle on the touchline from Andy King, which again, if it was slightly late, that could have been uh, that could have been an early bath. But uh, Andy King, captain again for Bristol City today and uh, yeah, stamping into the game there. Great interception just after that from Cam Pring, um, who fed Calamo Dowder, who wins a corner. So that little passage of play, Matt, is still going forward. Um, and yeah, Cam Pring offensively as well as defensively into the, in the game already. Yeah, very much. And, and, and he was he was linking with, with Callum at that stage. Um, and we were, it was, it was an open game, but we were very much in it. You know, it wasn't a back to the wall. I, I, like you, I've been to, to Fulham plenty of times where we've been up against it almost from the get-go um, and managed to get something out of it. It wasn't like that in that opening period. It was a really good quality championship game. Um, and we, we, you know, we were very much in it, yeah. Yeah, 17th minute, Sertz De Silva fed out wide on the right, cuts inside, crosses left-footed, but Calamo Dada can't quite get on the end of it. And it was just a, a almost justification at that point for De Silva to be on the pitch and in that position, able to cut inside and make those crosses. Yeah, I mean, that that was a moment where it, it worked out well. Um, and like, like Matt said, we were totally in the game then. Yeah. Um, like right from the first minute, we were in it um, with that early shot and some menu as well. Shot on target, two minutes, like I said, and, and we were all like looking at each other, go, "Well, perhaps this ain't going to be too bad today." <laughs> um, and yeah, he did well, but I think going forward, the silver's going to give you that um, that ability to cut inside and, and deliver a good cross positionally on the right. As things went on, we found out he, he got caught lacking a little bit. Um, he definitely was a better option going forward he was defending yeah, on the right absolutely okay 21st minute it's a goal for Fulham and yes it's Mitrovic and yes it's a header um, by the man that James Piercy described this morning he compared him to Adriano in Pro Evolution Soccer 2006 and there was a for those who don't know there's a glitch in that uh, that computer game that gave Adriano a rating of 99 and basically oh, right. made him the best player in the game, so everyone would just give it to give it to him, and, and off he'd run very fast or just get on the end of everything. Um, but it was a cross comes in from Wilson, and Mitrovic gets over the top of Viner to head home well, and it's one one. But Matt, should we do Should we be doing a bit more to eliminate the cross on that one? Definitely, yeah. Um, again, I'm not I'm not a coach, but you know you're playing Fulham. And there are things that immediately I would be saying, you're not going to stop Harry Wilson crossing the ball because he's quality, but you have to get tighter and do as much as you can to try and block it and stop it. And then when the ball comes into Mitrovic, um, I could have told you, and I'm sure you know you, you two boys as well, Mitrovic is one of those strikers that he's, he's always touch tight and he will gently push the defender under the ball. So he gives himself that little bit of space. He was probably a little bit more blatant back in the day now he's kind of learned he needs to be a bit more subtle with it. Um, it's not a foul, it's part of the game. And certainly when you see some of what goes on, they aren't given his fouls. But what amazed me, and it then developed into a theme throughout the, the rest of the game. Surely before the game, you're looking at it and you're saying, who's my best header of a ball in the defence? You can talk about physicality, and we haven't got physicality really in the team. Even Callas isn't the most physical. 
Um, Nathan Baker would be, but obviously we we know that, that Nathan isn't available. Surely to Christ, you put Thomas Callas on Mitrovic and not Zach Viner, and and it was a theme then that went, and it wasn't even just Zach in the, the later goals. But it, I was amazed to see that it was Zach or Mitrovic. And I guess as a good striker, you're going to pull off players and you're going to, you know, you find your space. And so, you know, you're not going to follow him all the way around as such. But it was such a simple goal. And for Zach to be that easily manoeuvred off the ball and for the, the, the header to be, it, it just felt like a soft goal. I mean, it was obviously at our end, we were behind it and you're watching it. And I'm thinking, you, you haven't really got off the ground, Zach. You've not made it difficult for him. Max O'Leary, I'm not blaming for the goal at all, but you're looking at it and thinking, Christ, it, it, it didn't feel like it had the most power in it. And so you're one one thinking, what a soft goal to concede. A basic cross and a header where he's not challenged. Um, and that was then a theme for the remainder of the game for us. Is there an opportunity there almost to double up on Mitrovic as well? Or even Max O'Leary could, could, could make a, a play to come out and see the cross come in, right, it's going to Mitrovic. If I go out and try and try and punch him and I get tackled or pushed or fouled, I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna get the decision. There's there's definitely something with that, Pat. Even the likes of, you know, bringing Jay in to make it a couple of players on him. But it was just, like I said, so easy. And and I've listened to um the Forever Bristol podcast and, and the guys on there are sort of saying that um it was Ian says it's 18-year-old against a 28-year-old. And, and that's how it looked. But it comes to the coaching for me. Like, you go back to it and say, should Zach have been on Mitrovic? And he was for a lot of the game. It didn't make sense. I thought it was a, it was poor from a management point of view. But I also have to say, it was poor from Zach. Zach has to be stronger there. 25th minute, Sats. Cabano is giving Zach the run around, gets a decent right-footed shot away that is dealt with by Max O'Leary. And then a minute later, Max tips a Mitrovic header over the bar from close range. So 25th minute, two really good saves from Max O'Leary. Yeah, he did, he did well, to be fair. I mean, the, the, the tip over, it was it was dipping in, just so Max was right in front of us. We, we were fairly in front. It was dipping in, it was a good save. And uh, yeah, it suddenly it looked like it changed massively after that bit of his goal. You suddenly go, oh my god, here we go. And and in the build-up, they said with Viner on Mitrovic, even though in the early parts we were totally in the game, they were playing the balls into Mitrovic up front. And Zach didn't know whether to be uptight to him, back off him, and he kept changing what he was doing, and he was getting nowhere near him. He was absolutely getting nowhere near him. And uh, I said this on the train all over to Matt. I, I, I forget who it is now on Twitter. Um, but someone said, um, if someone asked Mitrovic today, and that's Zach Viner, he would have said, don't know who you're talking about. Never seen him. Yeah. <laughs> Which I just thought was quite amusing. Yeah. Uh, Matt, you can take this next one. This is the, 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 the pinnacle of the game. A 29th minute. It's a block from Andy King. The ball rebounds about 25 yards up to Semenyo who's still in his own half at this point, he turns his man and heads towards goal with pace and power. He really does everything right to get his powerful shot away. Hits one post, hits the other, and it's 2-1 City. So that's one left foot goal, one right foot goal, and we just think, here comes the header at some point later in the game for the perfect hat-trick. But Matt, I really loved the fact that he held off the defender and ran the whole length of the pitch more, well, sorry, half of the pitch. There aren't many players in the championship that could have scored that goal. 
Um, you know, and you, you, I can talk about the Mitrovic's, you know, quality player. Mitrovic isn't doing that. It's a different style of player. But you can't understate how great a goal that was. He had so much to do. But the turn was quality, and then the power and the pace, as you say, to get away, I don't know if it was Harrison Reed first of all, um, and then Ream as well, but to drive like he did, and then to take the shot early, the keeper's diving, it's already hit the post. Um, and initially you're thinking, oh, bloody hell, he's at the post. And then you see it nestle. The away end went absolutely crazy. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, crazy and such could give you a story as well about it, but... It was just brilliant. But a, a really, really a finish of the highest quality against, as I say, well, we, we know the best team in this league currently. Um, and you'd like to think that Antoine Semenya is looking at that this morning and that the coaching staff and his family and everyone are going to him, look at those two goals yesterday. That's, mm. that's what you're about. That's what you've got. That's what you need to do. Because, uh, you know, again, you, you, you don't want to sort of talk too much, but... When you see goals like that, you realise this lad can play at that top level, um, you know, in, in this league, certainly. Yeah, so it's, at this point, we think it's going to be another Fulham away day, Fulham and in inverted commas away day. Uh, what's, what's your story, first of all? And then I'll ask you another question. Oh, right. I, I, took one of, I took my flag up, which was um, just after we, we, we scored, they decided to take it away because it was a fire risk. It's less led over the, the section to separate the two sets of fans. But as I'm there having a little chat with a steward about it, I say it's suddenly to see one of my best mates who's in the Fulham end um, holding a, a banner saying, go Fulham. And he's a Bristol City fan and we're chatting about what he's in there just when Semenya scores. <laughs> and literally, I'm on the bit separating the two sets of fans and he's run towards me from the Fulham end to celebrate with me. In the middle, and the was, he, was, going, was he in the, going coffee? That that Fulham in though, isn't that the shared stand? Such because then, then Fulham got a, a I mean it's not a unisex, is it? But a unifan <laughs> a unifan stand where both home and away can go in there. Neutral well, I'm pretty sure that, that neutral well, thank you, Patch. Celebrate, yeah. <laughs> not the other side, it was only in. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. That's true. Yeah. And yeah. the fact he was holding up a batter saying go Fulham was yeah. absolutely hilarious. And, and I'm like winding him up. And then we scored and we kind of, it was a, like a bit seen from that, um, the, 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 the truce on in the war, the great war, where we both joined together in the middle to celebrate <laughs> and then went back our separate ways. Yeah, brilliant. brilliant. So, question but the for... stewards couldn't work out what was going on. Yeah. Um, they thought we were going to go in for each other and then we were hugging. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Question for both of you. Can you think of another City striker that's ran as far as Semenyo has done there, held off the tackle, held off that, and finished with that sort of pace and power in, in recent years? Can you think of someone? Just a great shape. Um, obviously, there was the there was the Bass Savage one where he, he ran and held off. <laughs> yeah, and didn't quite get to, there. there. <laughs> managed to fall. Happy 40th um, birthday to Bass Savage. Yeah, no, we, I, well, we, yeah, uh, he only got mentioned yesterday in the same lines as Bass Savage on the train up. So, yeah. great, great, great company there. Yeah. I, I don't personally think of anyone at all. And like Matt says, Mitch, Mitrovic is a world-class, phenomenal striker. And he proved that yesterday. Um, and there are players. There, there isn't many players in the championship that score that goal. Yeah, it yeah. was it was brilliant. It, it, I mean, the turn, like I said, the turn, the pace, the power, strength, and the shots. Was was brilliant, and 
yesterday, I mean, I heard Fulham fans, I see there is this shared Stanley good hand for, for, for drinking half time. They were raving about Semenya. Yeah. And you think that they've got Mitrovic in the team. And and then other people were going to have seen that yesterday. And uh, if a team at the moment thinks, yeah, a young striker out there that we could work with, um, yeah, we 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 got we got to be careful. That I'm not jumping ahead saying that he, he is all he is because we know he's not. He's got a lot of words and he's got consistency. But there could be someone come in on that performance yesterday alone. Well, he was almost um, off to Chelsea at one point a couple of years ago, wasn't he? Without having done anything at all, wasn't he? And, exactly. and, and I think you, you you've got to remember with Antoine. I mean, he, he's he's still young from an age point of view. But in terms of his experience at a professional club, he's really young. You know, he didn't come up through an academy system. And, you know, we, we picked him up from um, SGS or, where, or wherever it was. Yeah. Um, so he's still young. But but absolutely, if I'm a, you know, look at Burnley. Burnley are struggling. They've just sold Chris Wood for £25 million. Is a £5 million gamble of, of Antoine Semenyo, you know, something? And, I, and I'm not talking to selling him. I absolutely don't. I agree with what Richard Gould was saying in the week. We don't want to sell our best players. And I think Antoine Semenyo is definitely someone that, in seasons to come, could become an absolute cult hero for, for Bristol City. Um, but, yeah, one, one for our listeners, that patch that question. Yeah, who's, I, who's the Bristol City player over the last 20 years that we've either seen score a goal like that or we think could have scored a goal like that? I well, can't think seen- many. We've we've seen maybe Scotty do it. Scott Murray, obviously, with the with yeah. the pace and the legs to 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 get that far and still get a decent hard shot away. But that's probably yeah. cutting him from the right rather than you know up, up like front. You say, pure pure pace really, as opposed to just the power. Yeah. And, and as yeah. Nine. No. That's uh, yeah. Give us a Pretty shout sure. on Twitter at three p i a p c if you've got some suggestions there. Um. Okay. So we've had talked about the goal right. I've lost my place here. Here we go. 30th oh, minute. Yeah. Callum O'Dowda caught in possession. Uh, the cross comes in from the right and Callas this time is a bit bullied by Mitrovic. And Fulham head home and it's 2-2. Uh, Sats. Yeah. Um, I mean, we were still going potty, I think. We were still celebrating. Yeah. Literally, yeah, um, literally less than a minute. Yeah. Yeah. And you watched it and, and we were, I got back into the right end at this point. And yeah. And then, the ball across, like you say, again, it was too easy. Mitrovic just got up and just easily plonked the header back across the face of goal, and it was an open net um, for him. And and as I said to you at the start of this, we've gone two one up. We held that lead for a little bit longer. We could hold that lead to half time. Um, and just, like you say, would could have been would have been different outcomes to it, but it just looked too soft again. Particularly just after we'd scored, which is an absolute criminal, really. Um, but yeah, too easy, in my opinion. Yeah, Matt, it was Cabano that, that got the goal and, and obviously the assists there for Mitrovic. But this time, Kalas was on Mitrovic. Yeah, and got, got caught under the ball. And again, a similar thing where it, it was almost a carbon copy. He just puts his hands on it, gives him a, a, a gentle little sort of nudge as he's going up for the header. Um, and it's enough for Callas not to, you know, be able to get anything on it. Um, yes, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not, again, I'm not a portion in blame to Max O'Leary, but the ball drops right in front, six yard. Cabana's just got to knock it in. Um, Zach Viner's kind of, again, lit a bit on his heels, not getting a, a physical challenge in there. And it just felt like we were then 2-2. Um, 
and and I mean, he, he is class, and I'm not. I'm, I don't make apologies for keep talking about Mitrovic, but he kind of scored one and set one up without really doing too much. It's not like it, it's the cleverness of where he takes his positions, and it was just for him a, a simple header back. He's not got to do too much with it. Just quality, just quality. But yeah, like I said, we were still celebrating, and then you're looking at it thinking, oh Christ, it's two two now. And then what followed, like you've said about your boxing match analogy, it was then, um, yeah. Yeah, we're into the second Rocky, third. Rocky versus Clubber Lang in the first fight, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're into the can second I, sorry, third now. Can I just go back to that as well? Because just before, when we're 2-1 up, a certain uh, three-peat store had backed Semenyo for a goal sitting in 2-1. Yeah, And yeah. perhaps was celebrating very vigorously. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he was. But he also had had Noah Masenga to score yesterday as well, which, yeah. Still, yeah, which I told you was absolutely you, foolish. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. One day, one yeah. day. The one day you don't put the bet on, it's going to happen. I know. Yeah. Um, okay, so, yeah, at this point, we're into the second third of the boxing match uh, uh, analogy now, and, and Fulham are certainly going up through the gears. It's the 35th minute. King is unable to get the tackle in as he's tracking back and trying to catch Carvalho. He runs through the City team, more or less, and curls it in for a third. And it's 3-2, Matt. And uh, you just think, here we go. Have we got an answer to this or not? But, um, yeah, it certainly looks looks like we didn't. Yeah, and, you know, again, you know, Andy King, it, it, was, it showed that he just hasn't got the legs against the quality teams. Um, you know, Carvalho is quick, to be fair to him, but we didn't lay a glove on him. I think Hanoa was the same. But he, he kind of runs, and I've not watched it back, but it felt like it was, you know, perhaps um, semi-circle that he's running from. It was a fair distance out. But to not get a challenge and for one of the defenders to not come out and, and recognise the danger. And again, it was a shot that kind of goes into the net and I'm looking at him thinking... And I, I keep talking about Max and keep saying the same thing. I'm not blaming him, but, but I looked at it and thought... It's a goal that it kind of finds the back of the net and almost how? How has he scored that goal so easily? It just, again, a theme of the afternoon. It felt like their goals against us were such easy goals. Um, they didn't need to work tremendously hard for it. Yeah, there's a 39th minute such um, green shoots of a, of, a way, of a way back in for an equaliser. There was cries of penalty for City as Vyman is fed well by De Silva. Vyman's shot is saved and then De Silva gets on the ball and seemingly is taken down. Um, your take on, on that one? Yeah, I mean, it was obviously at the far end from us, so didn't have a massively great, great view. Um, but and Pearson, in his post-match interview, says for, for him it was a penalty. Um, and I've seen it back and it does look like a penalty to me. So, yeah, um, I think that was one that did go against us. I'm not saying again that it would have changed the outcome of the game um, or anything like that because we certainly were second best from from when they equalised. Um, but you, you just don't know. You don't know. But it was, for me, it was a pen. Yeah. But, and Matt, they, I mean, it, it was it was a sign that City were still wanting to get back into it after sharing five goals um, and trying to get back into it. And if that penalty is given... The, the momentum shifts a little bit, but, you know, you, there's still that threat that, uh, yeah, that Fulham could go on. Definitely. And and the fact, you know, it was, it was a good effort with Andy Vyman as well, you know, and maybe Andy Vyman should have done a little bit better with it. You put Semenyo 
with that shot, with the power that he was striking the ball yesterday. And, and again, maybe it's different. As Such said, it was really difficult to see from our end whether it was a pen or not. Yeah. Um, we didn't seem to overly um, castigate the sort of ref for it. Um, so, you know, we kind of looked at it and thought, oh, could it have been? And then thought, oh, no, probably not. We don't seem to be making much of a deal of it. But Well, the game was the game was so fast-paced and frantic. Yeah. You didn't really have yeah. time to berate the yeah, referee. Yeah, it was yeah, on to could. the next on to the next thing straight away. Yeah. It was a, a corner to Fulham. Uh, Mitrovic heads home. Uh, it was two City men on him this time, Scott and Callum O'Dada, but he just can't be dealt with. Um, and 4-2 to Fulham, it seems obvious to most that Callas should have been on Mitrovic again for that one, Suts. Well, you, you just said there we have two on him, but it's two different players that have been marking him from the previous two. Yeah. So... We've, we've now had four players that have had a go at marking him. Um, surely, if you've got a player of that ability and that danger, in training, you've worked out who's going to pick you up. Yeah. And we said it should have been Callas, and he should have been on him all the time, particularly set pieces. I mean, we conceded four yesterday from set pieces, which is just not acceptable. Um, but, but yeah, you've just got different people picking him up all the time and, and getting nowhere near him still. Matt, is there some... Uh, uh... You know, Nigel Pearson is is that player, is that player that you want on on um, Mitrovic. Uh, is there something that he could do in terms of coaching to say, this is how I would deal with Mitrovic and maybe getting a little bit of a an elbow in or a little bit something, well, you know, something professional? Yeah, 100%. I mean, Nigel, um, Nigel Whittle put in our WhatsApp group the fact that Nigel Pearson obviously is a centre-half um, by trade, you know that that's what he was, but he signed Simpson, Tanner, Atkinson, Baker as his defenders, and we're second to only Peterborough, having conceded I think forty five goals. Might be might be more than that. I think Peterborough forty eight, but certainly around that. With the second worst defensive record in in the league you think, Christ almighty, you know, this is a manager that's meant to start out by making you solid. Um, and we're, we're anything but, and certainly yesterday. And it's scandalous that Mitrovic is, from a set-piece situation, being marked by Callum O'Dowda and Alex Scott, who I'd fancy winning headers against. So, to, to have their, their best player. And it worries me, because next weekend when we play Cardiff... Who are we going to put on Aidan Flint? Jay De Silva, right wing back. You know, is we going to say Jay, do your best and see what kind of leap you can get? Um, so they've yeah, also absolutely. Got, they've also got Kiefer Moore, as, is it? Well, up, Kiefer up, Moore. Up they've top. got the, they've got the other lad at the back as well. Who's a, and that's who's the a game slice. over at, over at Cardiff that we put Nathan Baker on at left back just to sort of have add that yeah. added height and aggression. And aggression, and and that is you know again you know we 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 wish Nathan well and. Um, it's slightly off subject, but on subject to Nathan, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd like to understand a little bit more of, of the situation there. Um, you know, I appreciate there's there's probably some um, sensitive elements to it, but but really for the club to come out and say, look, you know, Nathan, we've been told by doctors that he needs to have a period of rest or um, he's undergoing further scans or whatever. But just to give a, the fans a bit more background as to just how, how the lad is, because, you know, that's, that's what we want to know. I, and then can I just, I'll say on that, You get Matt a lot well. of rumours, don't you? That's exactly, exactly. That's when the rumours start. I heard this yeah. from this person. Yeah. That's exactly what you've got to say. What you just said there, if that's the case, say that rather than... Yeah. We, we don't know. 
You know, and that's cause, not cause that's not betraying confidence. That's not betraying confidence or anything, is it? If you come out and say, "Look, it was really serious, and it was obviously a, a second or third serious head injury," yeah. he's been told he has to rest for a number of months. We may see him back this season. We may not. If that's the case, it puts that to bed for the rest of the season potentially. But until then, you're going to get, especially when you play a team like Fulham yesterday, where you're going, the only player we've got there that would have given Mitrovic something to think about was mm. Nathan Baker. Um, yeah. But yeah, going, going back to your point, Patch, absolutely. I could coach to say to Zach Viner, this is what Mitrovic is going to do. So you need to make sure you're not that tight to him. Or if you are, you've got to be backing in. You make it difficult for him. Zach just didn't yesterday. It was just an... an, an, an well, such said, Mitrovic would be saying, sorry, who were the Bristol City defenders? Because I, I didn't see them. I couldn't remember their names, you know. For me, that's the, what the most disappointing goal was the was the fifth Fulham goal, and it was the Mitrovic hat-trick. It was Wilson that finds him inside the box in a lot of space. He's he's afforded time to shoot left-footed, pick his position. Uh, Campering gets a, a slight touch on it, which deflects it perfectly into the top corner. But... How has he got that much space? We were at sixes and sevens at that point. Yeah, again, someone else nowhere near him, different defender again, trying to pick him up. And he's just, I've watched it back a few times, and obviously it was on Quest and everything last night. And it, he is, I said, absolute world class. But it's, he just made it easy. He backed off. He's almost said, there you go. Yeah, he's showed him inside. Yeah, Pring, he's showed him back inside, which has a fullback or any defender. You're taught to show them away from danger. Yeah, he's, he's gone, here you go, mate, have a spot, put it in there, and he's done it. Um, yeah. Just too easy, and it was just, then you've, you've suddenly thought, oh, shit. I mean, in the week when they scored <laughs> seven at Reading, yeah. um, I was going, right, well, lightning doesn't strike twice in the same place. We'll be right. They're not going to bag seven in again, are they? Mm. And I'm thinking, seven, it could be more. Yeah. Um, yeah, Matt, Fulham are getting through our midfield so easily. It's, we've gone from 2-1 up to 5-2 down in the space of, you know, relative minutes. Three at the back just didn't appear to be working. It wasn't. Um, it should clearly have changed it before that fifth goal. Um, the central two of, of King and Masengo were nowhere near it yesterday. Nowhere near it. Um, and when you go forward to down, and, and we've seen a number of games this season with, with Nigel Pearson where he's hooked the youngsters off. But I looked at that and thought, how have you not made a change? And then we're 5-2 down. We go into half-time 5-2 down. And you're expecting there to be able to be changes. And yet the same 11 come out. You're 5-2 down and you're getting overrun. And you don't change shape. You don't change personnel. It just didn't... <laughs> I didn't get it. I totally didn't get it. And yeah, absolutely. Again, go back to Lee's point. Where's my midfield? And it was clear that we needed to bolster that. Um, and, and we've talked about it. We know that we've got limited options, Matty James injury, Joe Williams injury, but Zach Viner played there and played there very well. Zach could come in potentially and do a job in there. Tyreek Backinson's back now. You know, I'm not going to say Tyreek's the answer because I've been critical of Tyreek as well, but and maybe yesterday's game following his COVID might not have been the right game for him to start, but it needed to be changed because we were at that stage... Sats is right. We were talking about it and saying, Christ Almighty, Reading, it was seven, but this could be worse than that. And actually, worse than that, and we hadn't played really badly, certainly not offensively, you know. <laughs> and and, and I, I don't know about you, Sats, but I was kind of there at halftime thinking, I, I, how are we 5-2 down? 
Where, like, where's that now come from in your analogy patch? You know, the first 30 minutes. You couldn't see that then being a 5-2 half time and a 6-2 final score. You just couldn't see it. So there was probably an element of disbelief from, from Pearson as well, I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 31 minutes and, and we, we, it's 2-2. It's two two. Yeah? So, is it, yeah, where did it come from? And literally, I think, I think the City fans were in a state of shock at half-time. Yeah. Yeah, going absolutely. literally. How has that just happened? And obviously, a number left as well at halftime. You could see. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Groups that were in front of us. Yeah, I didn't notice didn't that. Reappear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the halftime summary from Rob is slightly lengthy, so strap in, and I'll try and read through it as quick as I can. Slightly lengthy for Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Um, unbelievable half gone through the whole spectrum of emotions started incredibly well aggressive front foot football and deservedly took the lead twice through two quality strikes from Semenyo routing off sharp to sit decisive passing moves however things quickly fell apart initially down to weak refereeing and or weak defending by Viner their first Dmitrovic clearly pushes Viner should have been a foul but equally Viner needs to be stronger second goal another push by Mitrovic as he heads across but again Viner reacting slow to the second ball then came the exposure in midfield Fulham getting in far too easily behind our <laughs> midfielders who were guilty of dwelling too much and naive lack of tra- uh, tracking runners or putting a foot in that said looked a blatant pat pen for a foul on Jay De Silva at 3-2 and then they got the other end to make it four as quickly as we came out of the traps at the start we have capitulated just as quickly against a side who could yet rack up a cricket score so yeah, pretty much encapsulates what we've said, Matt, in the in the last half an hour. Yeah, he's, he's spot on. The only the only thing I would say is I don't I don't think they were they were pushes in terms of fouls from Mitrovic. I just think it's a clever forward playing to you know his his ability, and we just weren't wise to it. Yeah, substitutions were made four minutes into the second half. Matt Jada Silva on for Chris Martin. Sorry, Jada Silva off for Chris Martin and Masengo off for Atkinson. Looks like Atkinson goes straight into the back three and Viner's gone to a right wing back. Scott's dropped in centre midfield. Vyman drops in and Martin goes up top with Semenyo. It always makes me a little bit nervous when we have so many movements in the team, um, sort of not at half time so it half if yeah if that happens at half time you can put it up on the on the tactics board and say right this is what we're going with when you make those changes you know and maybe he did do that at half time and said right out on the 50th minute this is what's going to happen um but lots to think about there well what what does 4 minutes change really from that point of view it made no sense it's kind of You've not really given them long enough to say, go out and show me something different. Um, and I absolutely agree with you. Surely you're going, right, halftime, you're saying to your coaching team, before halftime, we're going to do this. You get the players in and immediately they, they get in and they set their asses down on their ben- benches and chairs. Right, Han, you're coming off. Um, who was the other one that came off? Jay, Jay, Silver, Jay, you're coming off. Zach, you're moving here. Rob, you're coming in here. Andy, you're switching. This is what we're doing. This is the style. This is. It makes no sense. And then you're doing it live during the game. So, yeah, I I, I was just at a bit of a loss, and I thought we dropped into a four um, at, at that stage. But again, it was difficult because you're you're in the game, so you're not sort of seeing it as much. But you know, another another game where Andy Vyman gets pushed out wide in. You know, he'd had a couple of good shots um, and you sort of think, but we probably did need to bring 
the physicality of Martin on, and I guess because of the way Semenya was playing, Weimann then has to to, to move. But yeah, yeah I mean, he, he could have made any number of changes. Was Masengo any worse than King? No, but was King kept on because of the captaincy and the experience? Um, yeah, I, I think on that, Matt, I think when you're five two down and potentially could go six, seven, eight, <laughs> yeah. you want so having an old an head. And, yeah, yeah, good yeah. shape. Um, I mean, I, I have to say, I didn't think Alex Scott did did very much. Um, we'll, we'll go on and talk about Callum because he, he seems to be sort of a, a player who comes up for quite a bit of debate. Um, and, and actually on this pod, we've got three fans who, who, who do like him and rate him. But it was a poor afternoon from Callum yesterday and he could easily have, have come off um, at that stage as well. And, you know, then you look at, well, do you, do you switch Jay across and put Jay in that position? Do you... Because, and, and you, you have to say, Callum O'Dada is not a left wing back. So we can, fans can, can slag him off all they want. And that's not what he is. You're trying to make him player position and it's the same with Alex Scott the other side you have to accept when you're playing players out of their natural position you're not going to get the best out of them and I thought I mean it was a poor afternoon for Callum but he could have made any number of changes yesterday the only one who wasn't coming off was Semenya that was Mm. the only change he wouldn't have made what do you think is Callum's strongest position Matt is it left wing or is it in behind the front two Uh, left wing for me um all day long and and (sighs) there's still he needs to improve his crossing and stuff. But again, I think he's a player that he's had his injury problems. Um, there's a there's a bit of me that um, I, I kind of feel with Callum. And there was a story um, when we were travelling back on Twitter that Sky Sports News were reporting that Fulham were interested in Callum O'Dowder, um, but the city were asking £8 million for him. I can't believe there's any truth in that. But there's a bit of me, sadly, that thinks probably for the best... For, for for Callum, maybe it's a, a a new a new opportunity for him. Um, he needs to look at something different. Um, because yeah, it's just not working for him. But for me, he's left midfield. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Fifth minute. It's a Scott corner. Good pressure on the keeper from Semenya. It comes out to King, whose shot goes wide. But again, I know it's five two. But the the fact that it's been more like a basketball game than a football game. You think if we can get one there's a small, small chance that we could be still in this game. So, uh, yeah, the, the shot was unfortunately wide. Yeah, no, good. Yeah. Um, 57th minute, it's 6-2. Uh, it's a sensational goal from Carvalho. Uh, it was a free kick launched to the back post, headed back across to the near post, and a close control. The close control and turn and shot was incredible skill. Was, so it, Caba- was it Cabano or Carvalho? Uh, um, I'll check. I thought it was well, Cabano, but yeah. Yeah, Cabano. Apologies. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. No, but that's uh, that um, close control sets and the the shot into the top corner. You know, shades of Bergkamp's control there for me. Yeah, it just just showed the the quality that they had over us. Um, like all areas, like you said, it was like a basketball match, and and we we've not played horrendously poorly. We defended poorly at times but that just showed the, the quality they've got in their players and they've got the players that can do that and we we, we don't quite frankly so um yeah terrific goal terrific goal and let's say there's still a lot of the game to go there and then you're thinking gee oh dear oh dear <laughs> yeah still half an hour left at that yeah. point um and it was 59th minute matt 
uh, it was Cabano in acres of space, and he slices wide. And he was in, you know, there was the marking was pretty much non-existent. And for me, well, that was the easiest chance of the game. It, it really was. Um, I mean, it, I think the ball came through, and I don't know who the one who the player was in the middle, but that seemed to mask Zach Viner seeing the ball come in, and Zach completely misses it, breaks to Cabana, who's just what eight yards out, and as you say, slices it horribly wide. And, and actually, any kind of right connection. It's a hat trick for him as well. Yeah. Um, so I think, he's, yeah, it would have been a hat trick. And and going back to that earlier goal, it was a great bit of skill patch to, to bring it down like he did and smash it in like he did. Very much like Semenyu's, you know, you look at it and think with that power and pace, you can't really blame Max. But again, Callum, you know, the ball's come over and the defending is so bad, so bad. Yeah. Okay, 65th minute, it's a free kick from Scott, which is good. It's headed away. It's back in from Pring. The header comes back in from Pring and Atkinson's in a good position, but his header just goes slightly over the bar. Yeah. Um, 69th minute, lovely little perfectly weighted through ball from Martin to Vyman, who can't beat the keeper, but his shot is on target. Such. So again, we haven't give up. We're just taking some positives out of this. We haven't give up. We're trying to get a goal back and, you know, slim down the goal difference, whatever we're trying to do there. But uh no, not given up. No, absolutely. And when you look at the stats of the game as well, where for a scoreline of six two, it, it wasn't obliterated on possession. Um, we 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 were in it, and like you say, you look at it, and people are going to go, "Oh, that was that's they've been absolutely battered there." But we had our chances. We had our chances. Um, I think, yeah, I think I don't know nine five nine five could have been a good score. <laughs> God, yeah, nine to five, yeah. 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 Um, Matt, at that point, we see Bobby Reed come on. Um, obviously, great, always great to see him, but no no Joe Bryan in the squad at all. Would would you take Joe Bryan back at Bristol City? I certainly would. 100% because it's a position that we're lacking. Um, you know, Cam can play there, um, but I like him in that three. Um, but, you know, when you've only got one anyway, you want... And, and would I take Joe Bryan rather than playing Jada Silva there or Calamo Dada there. Yeah, 100%. Um, and it, it kind of goes back to what we said last week, and I know it's going over old ground, but you know when, when you boo ex-players and things like that, that that's going to come into their head as well when you you know you might be considering moves for them. I don't know what Joe's contract situation is. I think he signed a new contract maybe last season, so he's probably not out of contract or anything. But yeah, I mean, I, I was surprised. And, and, and actually, I, I spoke to a few Fulham fans before the game in a, in a pub and was sort of asking them. And they said, he's always going to be a hero for them because obviously those two goals at, at Wembley, but that it's just not working and they expect him to move on. So um, it would be interesting to see. But but yeah, and Bobby coming on again, same as there was last week, booze from, from some of our fans, a lot of youngsters to be fair. Um, and, you know, I, I was chatting to a couple of them and, and kind of said, I don't get it, lads, explain it to me. And it was all, well, he signed for Cardiff. Doesn't matter whatever he did, he signed for Cardiff. Um, so, yeah, you, 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 can't, you can't educate the uneducated, unfortunately. Yeah, 75th minute, Backinson comes on for Calamo Dada. And, you know, Backinson's not played for quite some time. Uh, and the, the couple of touches he did have, a pass goes astray. Um, Pearson goes absolutely mental. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah, the game, the game, the game peters out at yeah. that point, and uh, I guess it was just good to get Backinson on the pitch. Um, if we take some positives out of that, right? Yeah. So six two, Matt. Um, really interested to see where the ratings go with this one. Uh, obviously, it's a game of 90 minutes. If you're rating the first half an hour, you're probably looking at sevens, eights, nines, but uh, it's not, unfortunately. <laughs> no, you're right. It's, it's rating it on the game um, and it's rating it, um, you know, off- offensively and defensively. Um, and I think, you know, let's let's be clear as well. You, you take those two top, top quality finishers from Anton Semenya out of it, if those, if that one hits the post and doesn't go in, and if the first one, you know, and I, if me, me auntie had, she'd be my uncle. <laughs> but um, you know, it was moments of quality from him. Actually, for large parts of the game, we were clearly second best as well. And and yes, you know, it's the majority that we're looking at. So so from a game point of view, Max is a goalkeeper who concedes six goals. Um, he made a couple of saves. Um, yeah, the, the header that he tipped over, but saves I'd expect him to make. And I said to, to Sutz, um, certainly during the game, but on the way back when we were talking, that it felt to me yesterday with Max that he, he made saves I'd expect him to make, but didn't make the saves that we needed him to make. Um, and the goals felt like they were... They didn't feel unstoppable, both both defensively, but also from his point of view. So I've gone five for Max, and I did toy with four because I'm thinking it's six. In, but actually, you know, there were a couple of them. The finish from Mitrovic, you know, was quality. That curling shot, the header that's right under the bar. So you know, I'm I'm not going to be too overly critical, but it, it's only a five. And and as I say, it was, I was debating going lower than that. Did you get a chance to calibrate them on the train home or not? No, no, never. Okay. No. So yeah, any, if you disagree with any, obviously give me a shout. So that's five concedes conceding six, but six goals that could he do much about? It's a it's a really tough rating this one. Yeah, um, I, I agree. It, it could be no more than a five, or you can a keeper concede six, and yeah, I mean he pulled up a couple of saves, saves you expect him to make, and the six goals you'd be questioning on a. Certainly in the first one, I think he gave Metrovic the whole Metrovic the whole goal to have a go at with his header. Yeah. Um so yeah, I agree. Yeah. No more than that. Yeah, it's a tough one, Matt, really. That isn't it? It's um yeah. in my head, six goals conceded should be no more than a four for a goal. Yeah, keeper. and that's that's where I was with it, yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, stick with five if uh, Sutz is happy with that. Yeah. Okay. Um Zach Viner, I've gone four. Um I debated three. Um and I don't know that we've given Many threes. I think we gave one. Certainly, um, I remember. Oh, one. Man, you were doing Jack Hunt three every week. That's <laughs> there, there was. We yeah. gave a couple. I think in um, yeah. in the Stoke game. No, Sheffield United away. There were a couple of threes. Looking That's back, right. yeah. Um, I've gone four because I think you also look at the quality of the opposition. Um, but yeah, it, it was a poor day for Zach yesterday. Um, and I disagree with Nigel Pearson massively that Zach's been our outstanding centre back. Um, Zach is nowhere near the level that Thomas Callas has been. Um, I haven't seen that, Matt. Was he not even comparing him to Atkinson? It was the whole. No, reason. Well, so you're right. It was the, the question got asked was how close was Rob Atkinson to playing because mm. of his performance last week against Mitrovic, and Pearson said that Zach had been our outstanding centre back over the last few weeks, um, and so no, Rob Atkinson wasn't close to starting. 
that's again another one of those niges for me where he, he, he dismisses some questions and then he gives more information on other questions where you think what's that really then doing for Rob's confidence but then the flip side is you could argue that he's trying to give Zach some confidence by saying he's been all right standing centre-back I, d I don't see that and I'm, I don't think I'm in a minority of fans with that so yeah so I've gone four for Zach um, but as I say toyed with three but I went four um, Jada Silva, I've gone for a um, couple of good moments, but 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 not enough. And yes, he's being played out of position, and that that's not necessarily his fault. But again, he's part of a defence that concedes six, so I've gone four for him. Um, Thomas Callas, a bit like Max, I've gone five. I thought Thomas was the best of our three defenders yesterday, um, or the the three centre backs. But still. I mean, he got a couple of good blocks in, but still, you know, was was too easy against Mitrovic. So he's another one that could have been four, but I, I went five for Thomas. Um, and then Cam Pring, I've gone four. So there's there's an argument to say that actually should all back three, back five, back, you know, the, the goalie, should they all be fours because they've conceded six. But yeah, so I've gone five Thomas, four for Cam. Um, then moving into... The wing backs, oh, so I've said Jay. So on the other side, Callum. I've gone four, but again, could easily have been a three. Um, I didn't think Callum gave Cam Pring enough um, support down the left hand side. He got caught, and and he just he just looks like a player playing with no confidence at the moment. Um, and the more games you get from Callum like that the more it's going to lead to fans kind of querying it. And, you know, as I said, you know, I know um, Sutz is, is a, a big Callum fan like I am, but I just feel with him that unless there's a, a turnaround, mm. he's, he's going to end up having to leave. And I don't, I don't know if his contract's up at the end of the season. It may be, I don't know. Um, but if it is, I would fully expect him to go. <clears throat> he's, just not, he's just not consistent enough. Um, his average this season so far has been 5.8, which you look at that and you think, well, actually, that's just below what we'd expect. But I think there's an element of probably with him, he's one player I would expect more for because I do think he's got the ability. And we forget he's an Irish international. You know, this is a guy who's played, you know, some really big games, but we're just not seeing it from him. So I've gone four for Callum, but that again could easily have been three. Centre mid for Andy King and for Han Noah, I've gone four. Um, I didn't think either of them that were anywhere near the levels. I think um, James in the Bristol Live gave um, Andy King a five. Um, maybe that was for his experience, but I, I didn't think Andy King did anything yesterday. You know, they want the one shot, but the midfield was overrun. So to do anything other than that, I think would would be would be wrong. Andy Weinman, I've gone five. Um, did have a couple of efforts, linked well with with Semenu at times, and and. You know, was was still putting himself about, but probably on his recent form, I might have expected one of those efforts to find the back of the net. And then Antoine Semenyo um, was an eight, um, and actually a really a really high eight as well, because I thought it was a performance of real quality from Antoine. Um, just two finishes, but just just powerful, and again against experienced Premier League defenders, um, I thought he did really really well. Um, so yeah, I think is that everybody? Um, I don't know if you've done Alex Scott, have you? I didn't do Alex Scott. No, I went five for Alex Scott. Um, I thought Alex, although I sort of said I didn't think at times he was he, he did enough, but there were moments. I mean, the ball through for Semenyo was good. 
um, and there were a couple of other little balls that he played through. And I, I thought actually his dead balls were, were a little bit more on it yesterday than they had been of recent weeks. Yeah. Um, but again, he's another one. It was five, could have been four. You know, I think with a lot of these scores, you could argue all of them going down a point because you've conceded six. And, you know, I, I've kind of been fairly consistent in so much as only Semenyo got above a six. Um, everyone else was five and below, which, you know, I think says where it is. I can't again can't remember many many games where we've rated um most of most of the team five and four and then one person on eight. Well I'm looking back and from a from a game point of view, we so that that's an average of four point seven three for yesterday. We had four point five eight away at Birmingham and that what Birmingham was a worse game. Sheffield United we had four and that was a worse game. Mm. Um, and then we had 4.73, so the same score for Bournemouth at home. So it's probably on our season. It probably does feel about right, doesn't it? Because it wasn't. It wasn't as bad as Birmingham away and Sheffield United away. Um, no, because there a, wasn't even the half an hour to hang your hat on. It, exactly. And from a performance point of view, we actually did play. Reason, you know, we did some good things in it. Whereas in those games, we didn't at all. We just went out the races. And you're talking about the opposition you're playing against. Just on that um, MI, Matt, I love I love your yeah. um your 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 uh, rating spreadsheet that you've got in front of you there. Yeah. Um, who's the who's got the highest average rating so far this season? And maybe you, you need to exclude some of the people that have played like once or twice. Yeah. But so um, we've got. Imagine Calas is going to be up there, isn't he? So, uh, uh, well, so funnily enough, so Calas. Is you've got and like you're saying, so Jana's only played one game and he, he was <laughs> Jana's <seven>. top. <laughs> so Jana's <laughs> top because he's played one game and there was a seven. Um, Antoine's six point eight six, but has played obviously far fewer games. Yeah. Then you've got Thomas Callas who is six point four six, I think. Yeah. Um, mm. So it, it, it's it's Callas really when you look at the the, the the number of games played. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, you're not going to. Yeah, you're not going to rate any of the substitutes, obviously. But uh, no, no, exactly. Yeah. So for Nige, um, I've gone for you know he's he's a manager who's inside charge of a side that you expect to be solid with the way that he's he's got, and we weren't. We we concede six, and you know I've I've got I've got to ask the question because we ask this every week, but you're seeing. You do see some green shoots, and we we've, we're playing better football. And offensively, yesterday we were better, but result-wise, again, it's still dreadful. And, I, and I'll go, I'll, I'll look at Rafa Benitez for for Everton, and and the rumour mill is that it, that he's been backed. There's already been an, an agreement that's you know, and they expect to announce it Monday. Uh, I don't know how true that is. It's, Does it's Rooney come in, Matt? Well, do, do you know what? And and it was something we were talking about on the train coming back, wasn't it? Because because I sort of said that. If I'm if I'm Everton, you look at the job he's doing at Derby. It is absolutely incredible. He had, a, I think, he had five players at the start of the season because of the contract situation. He's had all of that to go through this season with the points deduction, and even yesterday, um, they've they've now lost Phil Jagielka and Graham Shinney because they can't sign them back on because their loans has expired or the agreed the contracts they had have expired. Um, he's saying last night they don't know next week what's going to come. Um, I think that um, Wickham and there's another team are um, disputing the fact that obviously with last season's situation, Wickham went down 
if Derby had a points deduction last season, they wouldn't have gone down. So there's a whole thing to contend with there. And and he's got a side that, I think we looked at it yesterday, they'd be on 39 points, did we say, Sats? Something yeah. like that. Or they, yeah. they'd, be not, they'd be ninth if that points deduction hadn't taken place. Um, yeah. You know, and, and that's, that, that's you know, those points are what's been awarded, you know, on the pitch. So that's mm. where they would have been. They'd just been taken off of them. Um, so if I'm Everton, I, d- I don't know what other management is out there that you'd look at. Surely Wayne Rooney would be. But I, I genuinely think, even though it's Everton, I think if Rooney was approached in this January, he would say, I can't, I can't leave in January. I can't leave Derby in the situation they're in. And I might regret it. And I might, I, me, Matthew Withers might be completely wrong here, but I just genuinely think he wouldn't do it. I think he would want to see if he can do the great escape with Derby. And make no bones about it, that would be incredible for Derby to stay up. So, yeah, I, I don't think yeah, so. But to watch. It, it's one with, with Nigel, you know, that people are still going to ask the question because, again, it's another defeat, it's a heavy defeat. Next weekend's game against Cardiff is massive. If we lose next weekend and Cardiff are in and around us, again, you've got to question it. And, and Adam Gould, who, who you know we have on the podcast, he put a tweet out yesterday saying, where are we? What do we do? Do we sack? Do we stick? Because the financials, do we stick? Because we think we've got the right man for the future. And I'm, I'm as confused now as I have been all season in terms of what I think about it because I'm not... Are you guys willing to say how you voted on that? So the question was, yeah. what happens to Nigel Pearson now? Option yeah. one, keep him, sack him, no choice but keep it with the pound signs, um, and today makes no difference. I went no choice, keep with the pound signs, because if he's if he's still got two years of a contract left, and I, you don't know what's in that contract to know whether there's a you've got to have achieved certain things, but we, we, we can't afford, with financial fair play and everything else, we can't afford to sack him and pay off two years of what must be a fairly lucrative contract. Um, so, yeah, that, that's what I voted. But so that's, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, we just were in no position to do it. And we kind of knew where we're at. I, th- I don't think, I think we are just a little bit low below where I expected this season. But no one in their right mind has a push and promotion of players. So no, 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 yeah. And, and I think mid-table was where we're at. So we're, we're, he's below par on where I thought. But yeah, we've got no option but to stick with him at the moment. Are we in a relegation battle? Not for me. Uh, I don't think so. But next week, ask me after next week's game. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny because you, you, you've both said sort of straight away there, no, you know, you don't think so. I absolutely think we are. I really do. Because, probably because of Derby and the way that they're, they're doing things. Barnsley, I think they had a result the last time out, although that might have just been cut. But yeah, I'm, I'm still really worried about it. I really mm. am. So, uh, so I went today makes no difference just uh, just um, right, okay. for my five penneth. I think yeah. it was an anom- anomaly. You're not going to come up against Mitrovic every week um, or his, oh, thank God. Or his <laughs> friends. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's why I voted. Um, okay, let's have a look at some tweets. Uh, so Ingy, the mighty Ingers on Twitter, looking for positives. Semenyo has been threatening for a while and hopefully will really kick into gear from here on. Fulham are a brilliant side. Mitrovic alone is probably worth more than our than our entire squad. Put this one to bed and concentrate on beating Cardiff. Nigel Smith, very much looking forward to the podcast. Sounded like a, a great game. Did they get out of third gear? Prem awaits Fulham. Dean Allen, a sparring match where Fulham could have landed a knockout punch at any point. 
I was glad when they eased up and it was only six. Tom, Northern Tom, roll on next week. I think he's coming down uh, for that game. Um, Bill Johnson, woeful defending and another reminder of how good Webster was at organising Callas. Uh, it, Richard Angel, or Angle, A-N-G-E-L-L, never thought I'd see Antoine score two goals in a game. And, and Matt, you know, just going back on to Antoine, there's, uh, yeah, we've said it, it was two goals you know, worthy of worthy of the Premier League, really, and uh, it was great to see that 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 sort of clicked into gear for him. Yeah, and and hopefully gives him confidence. But it's it's you know I I said it a bit tongue in cheek, but if if a side comes in for Antoine and they offer five million, do you take it? Well, you don't want to be as I say, we don't want to be selling our best players, and you know, what's five million going to get you? And, and that's exactly it, isn't it? You, you you have to look at it and say that he he could still be the difference between us staying in this league and not. Um, if he can play like that, we're going to lose a lot more than five million if we got relegated. So you know, I I hope a I hope it doesn't happen. But it's the same with you know potentially Masengo. I mean, he's he's not a game changer in the way that that, that Antoine is. But it's the same with with probably Masengo. You know, we can't afford to to lose him. Um, and then you look with at the rest to... of it, and you think, who, who else? Alex Scott. Have we seen? We know, we know what Alex Scott is, but we've probably not seen enough of his influence in the position that he would want to play. That if someone came in with big money for Alex mm. Scott, he's probably one you might go. A bit like with Lloyd Kelly, we we hadn't really seen much of Lloyd Kelly when we allowed him to go. Yeah. You know, he would go on to bigger and better things, don't you? But um, it's probably only really Alex. Iman and Dan Bentley that if I was anyone say, came in, on, I would. On Dan Bentley, the fact that he's now been dropped, whatever word you want to use. Well, it is, it is that, isn't it? Yeah. yeah um, for the last three, four games? Four, uh, uh, four games, yeah. 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 What's that done to his stock in terms of his value? Well, you, you'd hope that, well, we thought, didn't he, he'd been dropped because there was transfer rumours, Southampton being talked about, but then I think yesterday Southampton had been linked with Dean Henderson at Man U. Right. Um, but but absolutely right. If if Dan doesn't get back in the team, and if there isn't a move in January, then yeah, absolutely, he doesn't then command the fee that he would have commanded. Mm. Let's cover off a couple of things before we sign off. Um, so Baker, we've 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 touched on, and we just want some communication. Yeah. Um, Joe Williams. So what, what do we know about his potential return date? It's uh, it was basically. Last I heard, it was one of the Fulham games. He might make it. I think Nigel Pearson was asked that in, in the pre-match press this week, and he said that he's been training really well, very close, and is probably one or two weeks away from, from being back in. But but Nigel Pearson says that quite often, doesn't he? That, that players are either, yeah, yeah he's, he's a good six weeks away, and then the next game the bloke starts. Um, <laughs> he just he just gives nothing away, does he? So, But I'd, I'd like to think, I mean, he, you know, he... he He's, he's right when he says you need to get Joe Williams back, but in a place where he comes back and he now plays the rest of the season. Um, but, and I, I fear, I think I said to you, Patch, before the, 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 the podcast, I fear with Joe that it's going to be a bit like the Liam Walsh situation, that he ends up, that his contract runs out and we just haven't seen the kid because of injuries. But mm. yeah, ho- hopefully he's he's close to being back. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's your, your thoughts on the, the remaining... What are we now? So 15 days left in January. 
Are you expecting any ins or outs? Um, no. Not what you want, uh, rather, rather no, than I, yeah, expect. I, I, I just can see it from the position that we're in financially at the moment, um, which is well documented. <clears throat> um, there's no rumours, are there? We're not hearing any rumours at all about anything. Um, a, a player's name being linked by a couple. I don't know, but um, you've got to think so. But like Jackie Elka's out there at the moment, isn't he? He's available. I mean, you've got players like that, experience. We think we're, we're conceding so many goals that someone like that could do a job. It's a great job at Derby. We need to do something to freshen up. I can't see it happening, unfortunately. My, my only thing with that, and, and, and absolutely, but when, when, when Richard Gould's interviewed in December um, and when this comes up, you know, January transfer, yeah, yeah, we're actively looking, and I think Nigel Pearson said something similar. Um, th- they knew what the the financial situation was. They, it didn't need to go to accountants and to be announced. They would have known exactly where we were months ago. So in which case, don't kind of imply that, yes, we will look to see what we can do business-wise if we're not going to do anything. So on, on that basis, I'm hoping that we will. Um, and maybe it's a case of waiting again, as much as it, it, it always, I hate it, the fact that we seem to do business right at the very end. Um, but it may, maybe that is a case of it again. But I, I agree with Sutz. I do think there, there needs to be a little bit of freshening up, but with quality as well. It has yeah. to be quality. There's no, there is no point spending money on a, a Dione or a Ryan Kent. You know, the, where where it just wasn't going to work out. Um, so it's got to be quality. But but I would be if we do this January window with nothing at all, I would be really disappointed because I think that's then. It's misled the fans because, as I say, before the accounts came out, we were being told that we were looking to see what we could do to strengthen. So question is, we've got one incoming. If I can guarantee you one incoming, is it a striker? Is it a right wing back? Is it a centre midfielder or another position? Such you first. For me, we've been crying out for a decent right-sided defender for two seasons. And it was a priority at the start of the season. And I know we brought in Tanner, but but obviously he's injured. And also he's young and he's done with mistakes. And that has not changed for me. We are crying out desperate for a, a quality, decent, right side of the and, that, and because of the formation that we seem to be sticking with more than not, of 3-5-2, does it need to be a right wing back as opposed to a right back? I know that's not you know massive difference, but, you know. I mean, if we're, if, we're, if we're sticking with it, which seems to be Pearson's preferred way, then then yes, we've, we've, we've got to get someone in that can play in that position. Um, for me, we've conceded all these all these goals. Like I said, second worst in the league. We need a bloody defender. We need somebody to defend on the right side of defence. Yeah. Full stop. Yeah, because obviously Callum and Alex Scott are both forward-thinking players, Matt. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I, I would agree with Sats. It would be the same for me. Um, if we were going two, I would do one on the left side as well. Um, I, th- I think because of the way we want to play. And when, when you look at, there was the lad from um, Derby that, that Roy the Alien linked, which gutted me because anything Roy linked is absolute rubbish. But um, and I well, put on Just there. to say, Roy, you're welcome to come on the podcast. Anytime. Yes, please, Roy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but but I, I sort of put on there, if you get any anyone right, Roy, let it be this one. Because... He's quality. He was quality against us, and and I, I noticed yesterday that they were raving about him against Sheffield United. Um, but it is it's that style. And George Tanner, we knew was being signed for the future. Um, 
but you need competition for places and we haven't got that and it's the same on the left hand side so you know i would i would say central midfield as well because of the joe williams situation but if joe's back and tyreek's back and that doesn't feel like we're, we're desperate there matty james and andy king you think you should get something out of those players and up front i think semenu's given us now a, an, an option there andy vyman as well so i think again up front the summer's a different kettle of fish but at the moment yeah i, I would be looking at that right-sided sort of wing back role okay um i think that's pretty much it we're back next week with the Cardiff post-match, probably on the Sunday. Early kickoff um, as well, Cardiff, isn't it? Yeah, good shout. Yeah, yeah 12.30, another, another early kickoff. So, yeah, very much looking forward to that. But for now, thank you so much, Suts. And yeah, pleasure, uh, boys. Good to see you. You take care. And Matt, we will be back soon. Take care, everyone. Yep, Thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow us at 3PIAPC on Twitter. Thanks for listening, everyone. Take care. Thanks, Crash and burn.